Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. From Transport Topics in Washington, D.C., this is Road Signs. Here is your host, Seth Clevenger. Thank you for listening to Road Signs, the podcast series from Transport Topics that explores the trends and technologies that are shaping the future of trucking. In this episode, we're going to take an inside look at how professional truck drivers and manufacturers can work together to push fuel economy to the next level. Of course, real-world fuel consumption involves numerous variables. How the truck is specced certainly plays a huge part, but so does the geographical terrain, the load in the trailer, and how the driver operates the vehicle. So how can drivers, fleet operators, and truck makers navigate all those factors to squeeze more fuel efficiency out of today's trucks? We'll set out to answer that question in this episode. But before we begin, I'd like to invite you to keep up to date on this topic and other important industry issues by subscribing to Transport Topics at ttn.ws slash ttsubscribe. You can also text ttsubscribe to 571-622-0001. And now, to learn more about optimizing fuel efficiency, we're going to take you back to the Technology and Maintenance Council's annual meeting in Orlando. During the show, I sat down with Joel Morrow, a professional truck driver for more than 30 years and CEO of Alpha Drivers Testing and Consulting. Let's play that interview now. We're here in Orlando at TMC's 2023 annual meeting, and I'm excited to speak with Joel Morrow. He's a professional truck driver for more than 30 years and CEO of Alpha Drivers Testing and Consulting. Thank you for joining us, Joel. Thanks. Thanks for having me. So just to get things started here, Joel, tell us a bit about your career in trucking, uh, as well as the the work you've been doing over the years to to really take fuel efficiency to new heights. So first and foremost, I am a driver. Um, I've actually been out on the road coming up on 35 years, I guess now. And um, on average, I spend about 140,000 miles a year on on the road. So I'm not home much. (laughs) Um, (laughs) That's right. But, uh, you know, I, I, I realized early on, how important fuel efficiency was uh, in the trucking industry. It is your number one biggest expense typically. And so, you know, good business dictates that you control your expenses. And uh, so fuel efficiency is, is at the top of the list, no doubt, when, it, when, it, when you're looking at even an owner-operator like myself or a fleet, it's, it's just very important that you control that expense. So yeah. I've spent a lot of time trying to figure out you know, how do I maximize fuel efficiency? Yeah, working with a lot of different technologies and you know, seeing what really works in the real world. and Yeah, a lot of failures over the years <laughs> and, and, and some successes. So, um, yeah, you, you learn from your mistakes, definitely. And, and uh, it, it's been an interesting ride. And it's one of the things that I kind of like to, to share the information that I've learned over the years to help people avoid some of the pitfalls that I kind of stepped in you know, as I was working my way through this whole efficiency maze, so to speak, with all yeah. the different technologies out yeah. there. Yeah, so many options out there, so it is a lot to, to navigate. Yes, absolutely. You know, so Joel, you're here at TMC with your Purple Haze VNL 760. Uh, so your truck is here uh, on display uh, in the exhibit hall. 
Uh, tell us a little bit more about this truck you're showcasing here. You know what's unique about this model, uh, what kind of and what kind of fuel mileage have you been able to, to achieve with it? So, uh, Purple Haze is the new Volvo VNL iTorque spec, and the iTorque spec is an ultra fuel efficient spec over a very wide operating range, which is kind of unique in the industry. Um, that was driven out of a need um, several years ago. When I was still with the family business, we had put together specs on a truck um, that performed very well under a certain operating condition, certain economic environment. And when things changed, the truck could not adapt. And financially, it, it, it hurt us. It, it, it just did. We were kind of trapped. So I had learned from that that adaptability is just as important as the efficiency equation, maybe even more so. And my entire career up to that point, I've always just focused efficiency, 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 and never really thought about the adaptability part of it. After that experience, I, I really understood, you know, we don't have a crystal ball, we can't see what's coming in the future, and we have to be adaptable to all economic circumstances. The company grows, you know, maybe you're operating different terrains, different uh, weights, uh, so your operating environment is constantly changing and the truck has to be adaptable to change with that in order to remain viable over your trade cycle. Yeah. Um, you, you hate to get trapped in a truck that doesn't really match your changing duty cycle and and then it becomes problematic. Yeah, because your truck might be perfect for a particular uh, that, geography, that, particular type of load. That's then, exactly what yeah. we ran into, that problem. We were a very short regional fleet at the time, and we were basically operating in Ohio, Indiana, Michigan, pretty flat. We put together a spec that worked very well for that environment. We started to grow. You know, our average length of haul went from 350 miles to 600, oh, yeah. and so speeds had to come up to, to um, you know, meet the customer expectation and uh, it just created a whole series of challenges that the particular spec that we originally spec for just could not um, overcome yeah and uh, it, it was a painful experience you know but that's how you learn yeah. and uh, so we set out to develop a spec that was more adaptable while retaining the efficiency and that's kind of the concept of how the iTorque was put together. Yeah, and speaking of iTorque, of course, that's uh, you know, really uh, you know, the core of what you're, you're showcasing with uh, Purple Haze, and I, I yes. appreciate the, the Jimi Hendrix reference, yeah, of course. Right? <laughs> um, but you know, just let's talk a little bit more about Volvo iTorque, right? And this is a powertrain option. It's incorporating a bunch of different features and spec options, right? It's a D13 engine with turbo compounding. You've got the iShift automated transmission, uh, adaptive gear shift strategy, You've got the um, you know the IC predictive cruise control, uh, which is very interesting, and uh, you know very low uh, you know rear axle ratios. So yes. really, from your perspective as a driver, you know what stands out about bringing all those features together. So when we bring all of them, all those features together um, in an optimized way, driving becomes fun again. So up until this point. We've just really concentrated on the efficiency part, not so much the adaptability. So we've always used engine parameters to kind of cage the driver into a certain range where we wanted him to operate. And from the driver's point of view, that's never any fun. 
it, it's not comfortable. Um, you know, a lot of times you'll hear a driver say, well, it's, it's not even safe that they're doing this to me. You know, I, I don't know about that part, but I do know it's very frustrating as a driver um, when you know you want to do something and you step on the pedal and it's just not there. Yeah. And so when we've optimized gear ratios and in the transmission and the rear axle to to more conform with the speeds that we're running today while still maintaining startability, um, things get very good from the driver's perspective. Um, the, the trucks pull very well in the hills. They're very fuel efficient on the flat ground. Um, with the reduced RPMs that we're running in these trucks, they're very quiet and um, very, very fuel efficient. So it's, it's a win across the board. It helps to drive down maintenance costs. Um, the owners of the trucks, they're very happy with the fuel efficiency and the drivers are happy because, you know, we don't have gear down protection anymore. We're allowed to use kick down pedals whenever we want. Um, you can put it out in the passing lane and you're not going to have to worry about going from eight miles a gallon to six. You know, it, it's still going to be probably eight and a half in the case of the iTorque at the higher speed. So um, that adaptability plays to driver retention. It plays to... Uh, maintenance reduction along with the fuel savings and um, that's kind of why now I'm always of the opinion that it's great to have efficiency but if we don't bring the adaptability with it what have you really got yeah. you know so it's for sure it's, yeah you know, it's interesting it's got to be ready for the real world when you know all the different conditions and situations you absolutely can, you can encounter absolutely and as as drivers we're kind of trained to think of weight, you know, what, what kind of loads do we have, terrain, but we also have to think about the economic environment too, and that, that becomes very important. So, you know, we just came out of a time where we had crazy high freight rates and relatively low fuel, and productivity was the priority. It just was. Run as fast as you can, because it made sense. I mean, yeah, it actually sure. made, it doesn't happen often, but we were in that <laughs> environment, and so people got used to driving super fast. So people would start to spec trucks to run super fast, but when you try to slow that particular truck down, um, the lower speed performance, you know, the drivers aren't gonna be thrilled with them. And so, you know, well, we're gonna keep running fast and we'll take it on the chin fuel cost. <laughs> so having a truck that is able to adapt, and that's what iTorque really does exceptionally well. It brings us three gears that are usable at highway speed. So we have overdrive, and. In this particular instance, we're using overdrive like it was originally envisioned. Mm -hmm. When you're lightweight, yeah. this truck is not gonna go into overdrive when we have 80,000 pounds on it in right. most cases. But when we have the 10,000 pound load or we're you know, running empty to go pick up a backhaul, it's gonna use that overdrive, lay the RPM down, and you're gonna get 14, 15 miles a gallon running empty over to, to pick up your, your next load. When you pick up that 80,000 pound load, the most of the time it's gonna run in direct drive, which is very efficient mechanically through the transmission, and so we get that benefit. When we get into the hills, underdrive becomes available at speeds up to 65 mile an hour, which is very unusual for a, a, a truck with traditional gearing. Um, you would never get into underdrive gear, and, and underdrive gives us torque multiplication, so it makes the truck feel much stronger than what it is in the hills. So that's the part 
of the driver retention that I just love when I'm able to run an underdrive through the it just puts a smile on your face because you're out in the passing lane and you're looking at the you know the large cars and the cowboys out there and you can just kind of go out and around them with your aerodynamic truck so it's pretty cool it's fun you know and uh, I also want to touch on you know just the of course the reality that real world fuel economy depends on so many different factors right um, in addition to the vehicle itself uh, the driver performance also can have a huge impact on, on you know, actual fuel consumption. So just from your experience, you know, if you look at all the factors together, how big of a factor is driver performance? And could you just share some, some tips on how drivers can improve fuel efficiency beyond, beyond maybe the basics, things that you found that can, can really help a driver you know, be a little bit more efficient out there? Sure. In, in my, my personal experience, I've seen driver skill with more traditionally geared trucks swing fuel efficiency up to 50% really. I mean, it, wow, yeah. it, it's a crazy number. I, typically fleets will tell you it's in that 30% range, but I've seen it even higher than that when we have a traditionally geared truck. It takes a lot of skill. You have a manual transmission. The guy's gotta be very good on that transmission to drive for fuel efficiency. Has to have the patience to do progressive shifting. Um, needs to be very well educated to make that truck perform at a high level. Can it do it? It can, but it takes a whole lot of skill to do it. Then we got into what I kind of call the first phase of downspeeding that it didn't necessarily take driver skill out of the equation, but it lessened the need for that highly skilled driver with the automated manual transmissions. Um, it, it, it had an impact and so it, it, it lessened that demand on the driver. With a system like iTorque, um, we've taken about 75% of that need for driver skill out of it to achieve very high fuel efficiency ratings. Uh, the trucks are getting very smart nowadays. So um, the newest technology, you know, you can put a, a fairly new guy in there and he's going to do quite well. You take a guy like me that's been around for a lot of years. Um, the great thing about iTorque is that if you want to be active with the system, you can, and I love that. Some guys, they just want to put their hands on the steering wheel and concentrate on safety. You can do that as well. Um, you're still going to get an excellent return on the, on the fuel efficiency. Yeah. And, and the same thing with speeds. You know, one of the things that you learn early on when you're talking about efficiency is that speed is everything. Um, no matter what technology you apply, the slower you go, the better fuel efficiency you're going to get. That being said, as we apply these technologies, we're able to go faster and faster with better fuel efficiency. But when you slow that truck down, it, it, it's gonna be better. So the number one thing that I tell drivers in regards to fuel efficiency, and people don't like to hear this, but it's time management, it just is. Uh, you have to be good at time management. If you are under the gun every delivery you make and you have to run 75 and 80 mile an hour to make that delivery, um, we can improve that efficiency, but it's never going to be as good as the guy that can manage his time. And I, I, I've gotten very adept at that over the years. So, you know, I like to run 57 to 62 when I can, which is about 75% of the time. And you just get crazy good fuel efficiency numbers when you slow that truck down to really leverage the benefits of the technology.
Hello, Roadside listeners. Dan Ronan here from Transport Topics. I'm here to tell you about our new extended cuts of the Roadsides podcast. If you like what you learn here, I think you're going to really love this. So what is the Roadsides extended cut? Well, instead of ending the recording and saying our guest farewells, we're keeping our expert guests around for an extra one or two questions to gather a deeper, fuller picture of the influential topics in transportation. We capture that insight and convert it into a printable download that will help you navigate the latest trucking trends and guide your next business decision. Considering the easy, linkable, and printable format, you can keep the extended cut for your next big meeting, send it to your friends and colleagues, or pack it up for your next big conference. So how do you get the latest download? Well, it's real simple. Visit ttn.ws forward slash extended cut. That's ttn.ws forward slash extended cut. Well, that's uh, great advice and, uh, you know, very helpful for uh, all the drivers out there who are really trying to push the, you know, the envelope in, in terms of efficiency. Uh, I also want to take some time, especially since we're here at TMC, to talk about vehicle maintenance. Uh, you know, do you have any maintenance tips uh, for, for drivers and fleets out there? You know, not, of course, just to avoid you know, breakdowns, but also to optimize fuel efficiency. So I think one of the things that um, fleets and owner-operators are, are kind of deathly afraid of is the dreaded emission systems issues. Right. And what I'm starting to see out in the marketplace as we start to aggressively downspeed powertrains and we start to really lower the piston speed of the engine, uh, we're really starting to see a lot of those emission system problems disappear. And um, the lower the piston speed, the more time we have for combustion to occur. not only does that reduce the mechanical drag because we have fewer piston strokes, but it also really helps to reduce particulate matter, which obviously helps keep the, the DPF clean and, and uh, really reduces a lot of the emission system issues that were so common on yeah. the first generation trucks. We had a lot of traditional gearing going on. We had some crazy high piston speed right out of the gate because we didn't really understand that connection between the two. So the newer downsped trucks, um, you know, a lot of people are, are still to this day nervous about emission system problems, and we've really seen a lot of that go away. So I, I guess my advice, if you're looking at newer trucks, um, really understand what the whole downsped concept is about because it, yeah. it can really, really dramatically cut your maintenance costs as well as improve your fuel efficiency. Yeah, that's helpful. And, uh, you know, I... I think that given your uh, vantage point, Joel, and your, your time behind the wheel, you know, put, you know, looking at about 35 years, uh, I think it'd be interesting for a bit of a retrospective, you know, just take a moment to consider how far the trucking industry has come in terms of, uh, uh, you know, fuel efficiency from the early days of your career to, to where we are now. So I'll tell you, I was running trucks around the drop lot when I was 14 years old, and the truck I learned on was a, a 68 international 4070 cab over with a two-stroke Detroit. <laughs> okay. So it, just about polar opposite yeah. of what we're running today. Yeah. You know, everything was at 2200 RPM before the engine would really make any power. It was just belch smoke. It was just screaming down the road. It was, you know, bare metal interior. And it just, yeah, when you look back on those days to where we're at now, it's, it is crazy to see how far things have come. Had air assist steering. It didn't have, now I have dynamic yeah. steering where we have 
you know, regular uh, power steering on steroids, basically right. with the with the assist on it. And it's it's yeah, we've we've come just yeah. If you could get five miles a gallon out of a truck back in the day, you were jumping for joy. And <laughs> yeah. you know, we're getting twice that now, pretty easily at almost twice the speed. So it's yeah. it's, it's pretty cool. Yeah. No, it's, it is pretty uh, uh, amazing when you when you look back. Um, you know, getting back to you know you know the present. You know, when you look at the technologies that are available today on on the late model trucks, you, know, you talked about you know, the features of uh, of iTorque, uh, but then you consider you know some of the older tr- vehicles on the road, and you know maybe uh, you know, or you know fleets or, or drivers you know ordering new trucks you know without some of the the specs that are available. Uh, how much fuel economy are fleets and owner operators leaving on the table today? Uh, you know, are, are we? To what extent are we taking advantage of the technology, and to what extent are we leaving it on the table? So there's a there's a whole lot of uh, whole lot of things at play there. Um, a lot of hard problems stacked up on top of yeah. each other. It, it's very difficult for for people to get their minds around this technology. If if you don't have all day to study this and do your homework, you're essentially throwing darts at a dartboard, right? Yeah. So just recently, for me to be down to the the show here at TMC, I had to rent a truck to cover my regular freight lane. And this was what most people, I think, would consider a fairly decent spec truck. So it was a 247 rear axle ratio with a direct drive transmission, and it had a, a, a legacy generation engine in it that had variable geometry turbo on it. Um, and this truck ran the exact same route that I ran just a month ago. And um, same weather, same weight, and again, this truck is probably considered a well-spec truck even today, even though it has the VGT turbo on it. Um, Very competent driver. Uh, He was able to squeeze just about eight miles a gallon out of it on 7.9, which I think most people would be very happy with in the Mm, dead of winter. Sure. I ran that same round at 10.6. Okay. And I done it at a much higher speed with much better productivity. So even what we considered a very good spec four or five years ago, it's it's just not up to up yeah. to par for what we can do today. And um, as we start to more aggressively downspeed, the fuel efficiency numbers really just pop. One of the things that kind of struck me and I never really had thought about it this way I was geeking out with some of my engineer friends and we were talking about aerodynamic drag being exponential you know the faster you go the the more drag force you have same thing happens with mechanical drag in the engine and it just kind of hit me like a ton of bricks you know that's what downspeeding is all about so we we have that same dynamic at play most people kind of understand if I put fairings on this thing I'm going to slip through the wind better if you slow the piston down, we have that same type of drag reduction potential, so then it's kind of a twofer, and one just builds off the other, and things get really good at that point. Yeah, well, it's, you know, good to hear from you, like straight from the source on what you're seeing out there uh, and, and how much you can uh, you know, really improve with uh, what's available on the market today. Uh, you know, speaking of, of drivers, I do want to you know, get your thoughts on another big industry topic. Of course, you hear so much about you know, labor shortages, you know, driver recruiting and retention. Uh, you know, fleet executives have been talking about this for many years. You know, it's a, a struggle to recruit that next generation uh, into our industry and, you know, be that next uh, 
uh, group of truck drivers who are going to propel the industry forward. Uh, so how do you think the trucking industry can you know, make these jobs more attractive for that next generation and keep today's drivers in the industry longer? So I probably have a different take on this than most people, haven't been in the industry as long as I have. Um, I really see the, the whole pay-by-the-mile regulated-by-the-hour um, scenario that we have in the industry right now is, is very counterproductive. Um, it automatically sets up the have to race the clock. You know, you, you hear from the owner-operator crowd that, oh, it's the ELD is the problem, and it's not. Um, and then you hear from the big fleets, well, if we paid by the hour, all the drivers would lay down. So, you know, it, it's just kind of something that has stuck over the years. And it's very problematic, I think, in, to me, in terms of safety, driver retention. Um, we, we have to do something with the whole pay by, pay by the mile, um, pay, I'm going to call it a scheme. <laughs> uh, maybe I shouldn't, but it, it's... Um, it's problematic, and I think that needs to change. If we're regulated by the hour, there has to be some type of time value attached to the driver's pay. We get held up in traffic. We're taking a pay cut. Yeah. There's a snowstorm. We should stop, but we don't because we're going to take a pay cut. And, you know, the general public should really kind of look at it in that perspective. You know, why are we paying these guys by the mile to kind of force them to have to run through these snowstorms? And then you see these mega pileups all over the place. And uh, I just cringe every time I see it. I hate that guys do it, but I completely understand why they're doing it. Yeah. And it's, it's hard for me to watch. I, you know, years ago, we never saw these types of pileups, mainly because we had speed limits in place for trucks. Uh, at 55, you have a whole lot of time to react. We're paying people by the mile, and we're relaxing speed limits. It's just it's it's a it's a bad combination, really, for for safety and and efficiency. But it's it's safety at that point, and the stress levels that drivers incur nowadays. You know, you, you're a lot of times push the limit. You have dispatchers out there that they don't even look at average times to. From point A to point B, they're just leaving up the driver to get it done. Here's your load, get it there by here, and you know they're not to even taking into consideration how long is that really going to take them to do that. And uh, so there's some definite problems there we need to overwork. But I think it all goes back to there's no time value with, uh, attached to the driver's pay. Yeah, and also some you know even maybe uh, potential for. You know, hybrid models that have you know hourly plus you know a, a yeah, right. by mile component. Right in my own small company, I, we've actually kind of implemented that. So we've tried to address the big fleet concern and then tried to address the concerns from the driver. So, you know, I I pay in my own little fleet. We pay twenty two dollars an hour, and then after forty, you get your overtime, and then we pay twenty two cents a mile yeah. along with that. And it it seems so far to be working yeah. well. I'm a small company, so yeah. we we can work through you know some it of the, concept, the things yeah. that we have going on out there. But um, uh, you know, once we have all the details figured out, I I really think that we absolutely have to have that time value attached just for safety in general. Yeah. If you don't do that, guys are going to take chances that they, they shouldn't shouldn't be taken. Yeah. And, uh, you know, a final uh, question I'll leave you with here, Joel. Uh, of course, we're, you know, here at TMC and we're going through, you know, just going through the exhibit hall. You're seeing a lot of different technologies these days, uh, you know, and, and alternative fuels. You know, natural gas trucks have been on the road for a while. 
Um, you know, here you're seeing more and more battery electric trucks on the market. Uh, you know, usually for short haul and, and some regional operations. Um, companies are investing in hydrogen fuel cell check technology as well. And uh, at the same time, diesel trucks are going to continue to evolve. They're going to become cleaner uh, and more efficient to meet the emissions regulations that are that are upcoming. Um, what are your thoughts, Joel, on the future of commercial trucks? You know, if you, what's your best guess? What do you think this industry is going to look like? You know, ten years from now, in terms of the the types of uh, uh, powertrains and, and you know fuel sources uh, that our industry is you know, going to see. So I think it's a great time to be in trucking. We've got all this technology out there. Um, it's kind of hard to follow at times, but um, it gives us a lot of options. I don't think there is one clear-cut technology that's just going to dominate the marketplace. I think we're going to see parallel paths. Um, I think diesel is going to be around for quite a while in the long-haul market. I think the, the battery electric on the urban inner city is going to dominate that market, and it should. Um, natural gas, it's coming a long way. It's getting better and better. So I love all the technologies out there, and I'm not sure how that's going to pan out. I do believe diesel is going to be with us for quite a while. I think we have we have some room to improve further yet on, on diesel, and when you start pushing 11 or 12 miles a gallon out on the diesel market, um, it remains viable for, for quite a while. Um, yeah, it is, it is difficult to say with, with everything that's going on. I'm a hands-on guy, so for me to really understand something, I need to get my hands yeah, on right. it. And, you know, basically <laughs> yeah. I've been on, on diesel. We're talking about doing some some maybe mild electric hybrid combined with the diesel technology that I'm running maybe in the future. So that'll be interesting to, to learn a little bit more. But uh, just a great time, I think, to be in the industry just because of all the options this technology. Yeah, a whole menu of options, I think, moving forward. And, you know, it's... Uh, kind of a whole new world when you think of the possibilities. Uh, but hey, Joel, you know, this has been a, a really good conversation. It's been great to, uh, to to hear some of your insights from all your years on, on the road. And, um, you know, again, thank you for joining the podcast and, and sharing some of those insights with us here. Yeah, it's been great. Thanks for having me. Of course. Absolutely. Thanks again. Did you know you can ask Alexa to open transport topics? In just one minute, you will hear the biggest trucking headlines of that day. Be prepared and start your morning off right with Transport Topics. Before we close, let's take a moment to revisit our original question. How can drivers, fleet operators, and truck makers optimize miles per gallon in real-world freight operations? As we've heard during this episode, fuel economy involves many factors. Downspeeding specs and features like predictive cruise control are making commercial trucks more and more efficient. Another major factor is how the driver operates the vehicle. And beyond that, the load, the route, the terrain, and other conditions all play a role as well. So adaptability and flexibility are important consideration when specking trucks for fuel efficiency. While there is no one-size-fits-all approach for optimizing fuel economy, motor carriers of all types can choose from a full menu of vehicle specs and technologies to boost miles per gallon as part of their overall fuel efficiency strategies. If you've enjoyed this episode of Road Science, please let others know. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. If my questions have sparked questions of your own, share them with me and the Road Science team. You can email us at share at ttnews.com. We'll read them and respond daily. Also, let us know how we did by texting TT Survey to 571-622-0001. And of course, we'll be back soon with a fresh episode of Road Science. Until then, 
I'm Seth Clevenger. Thank you for listening. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.